Good evening, and welcome to Real Education, starring Mr. Marvin. Hello, hello. And Mr. Kojanek. This is episode five for us, and we're feeling pretty good about the way things are going. Our numbers aren't where we'd like to see them, but... but, uh, we need you guys to start telling more people about our podcast, you know. We appreciate the loyal fans who've been there since episode one, but um, we're, we're going to keep plugging away. We're going to keep doing our best. Heck yeah. um, tonight, we are going to talk about Tommy Boy from 1995 and Due Date from 2010. But before we get into those two movies, um, we're going to talk about a little bit of what we've been kind of watching Right now, because Mr. Marvin has finally, finally gotten into a great Amazon Prime series called The Boys. Boys. Tell us what you think about it so far. You were just saying you're like into episode six. Six, right around, yep. Season on a, one. Season one. So. Um, love the show so far. Absolutely a, a creative and fun premise. Superheroes that are owned by the government and treated more like a... Um, more like a commercial product than a civilian uh, safety net uh, and, and kind of how that would look and um, looks at some of, I, I love it because it's, it, it, it dives into some of those questions you get with big time superhero movies, mm-hmm. like the Marvel movies. You see them destroy something, you're like, wait, there were people there, there's probably some collateral damage and maybe some fatalities. Right. And this show dives into like, hey, the superheroes are saving people. But people are dying on the side. They're getting caught up in the money stuff. They're, I mean, it goes into a little bit of that dark side of what, what the problems actually would be with certain humans having extraordinary yeah. abilities and how they kind of clash with everyday people. Sure, and the seedy underbelly of they're not perfect. No. They're not perfect angels. No. They're, they're flawed. They're very flawed. They're very flawed. And, and that, I love that too. So. And it also, the other thing that I think is cool is, I think it's, I, I mean, it's not far-fetched no. to think that if there were superheroes, that's how they'd be. I mean, there you see it, see it kind of with celebrities. Sure. People who are above, who, who have a higher platform than everybody else, they tend to, or we see in a lot of cases where they are not the most likable people mm-hmm. or they're very conceited and that's kind of what these superheroes are is right. they get the superstar treatment and then they start acting above everybody else yes where obviously in the news you've had all the the Jeffrey Epstein mm-hmm. stuff and that money people feeling that because they have that money that puts them above the law yep. and you see that side of it too yeah. so it's got an incredible plot and you know, also a I good just, cast. A good I cast. Mean, I've been impressed with the cast. Yes. Um, the not, action. Not so, a lot of known people. No, at all. Very unknown cast. I mean, like, like Elizabeth Shue is honestly the only one I could say is yeah. a star. Yeah. Nobody's. I mean, not even like there's low grade cat. Not low grade, but lower known cast where right. you still see them and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I recognize that person. Sure. This mm-hmm. show, I don't think I recognized anybody. Very. Few. I was like, oh, yeah. this is yeah. completely different. Yeah. So. Yeah. Great show, though. Yes, excellent. And the further you get in, because is that ten? That's ten episodes. Ten episodes per so, season. So it gets very good there. And I'm only into episode two or three of season two. So And they're kind of doling it out one episode a week now. Yeah. So you can't, like, binge that whole oh, season. Oh, I love right binging now. stuff I, like that. I know. I do, too. I've gotten used to that. So, <laughs> hey, let's talk about our buddy comedy, our buddy road comedy buddy movies, road movies for yeah. tonight. You know, we, we decided to do this, and I was kind of torn 
whether I wanted to go with Tommy Boy for my my heart's pick there, or Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, yep. because that one is is very near and dear to my heart, too. But we went with Tommy Boy from 1995. We went with Due Date, which is definitely a favorite of both of us. Yes, I love that movie. Ten years ago in 2010. Um, synopsis for Tommy Boy. He, Tommy graduates from college, finally. And barely. <laughs> yes. On the Herbie Hancock answer Herbie. on his history final. <laughs> Graduates from college from Marquette, which is actually where Chris Farley went to college. Did not know that. Um, he heads back home. Um, his dad owns the local family business, an auto parts store. Um, he's in line to, to get that job with dad's business. Um, dad has a new wife because mm-hmm. mother died. Tommy's mother died. Um has a new wife, beautiful, young Bo Derek. I mean, she probably wasn't real young no, here, but definitely younger than Brian Yes, Dennehy, for so. sure. Um, playing that young wife. Um, they get married, and on the wedding day, Dad dies, and now all of a sudden, what's going to happen to uh, the business that kind of keeps the town alive? Small town business that's, that employs a lot of people. So Tommy and Richard go out on the road to make the sales and hopefully um, save the company, and that's where the the comedy ensues when they get on the road. That's mm-hmm. that's one of my favorite parts. I mean, there's so many, and we, we'll probably touch on a few of them. So many good road comedies where there's situations that you can get into like that as a writer, as actors, as, in situations that are are great for comedy. So. How about Due Date, Mitch? Due Date. Due Date has Zach Galifianakis playing Ethan Chase and Robert Downey Jr. as Peter Hyman. Um, Peter is having a child and needs to get back. He's on a business trip. He's an architect. um, And he runs into Ethan Chase at the airport. Um, What happens is they get into a little little, uh, trouble on the plane because Ethan Chase doesn't realize you shouldn't say the words bomb or terrorist. (laughs) Um, So they get detained and it, it, it kind of just sets up the premise of they need to get across the country and they don't really have a way. And Ethan Chase gets a rental car and it's basically Robert Downey Jr., sorry, Peter Hyman's um, last option, kind of his best resort to get back as much as he does not like this guy. Uh, and so it's about them traveling back home and, and just kind of you got Ethan Chase, who is this wannabe actor um, wants to go to Hollywood and make it big, and he is just um, one of those just clueless people, just yeah. a clueless human being about the world. Um, and you have Peter Hyman, who's very straight-laced. He's um, a little little bit of a narcissist. Ah, I don't know if narcissist is the right word. He thinks it, pretentious. I think he's yes. a little bit pretentious. Pretentious, um, yeah. So they, they clash just in their mentalities. Um and, and it's just about, they run into just about any problem they possibly could on the road back, and it's him trying to make it back on time to see the birth of his child. Um, and throughout, you have a very, very funny side cast with Jamie Foxx and Danny McBride just playing parts where they, they run into these people along the way. Uh, and in the end, it's it's those two making it back just in the nick of time with absolutely every piece of damage to themselves to their vehicle, to their morale that they could have, um, and and just each stop along the way bringing more and more comedy scenes. Just, uh, I mean, hilarious. Each stop, I thought, was so perfectly put together to set up um, a, a travel comedy. Sure. Um, 
all around funny movie, great cast, like I said. I guess it's time to start grading these movies out. Let's, well, let's see where we it. end up. Okay. So, we're starting with our first category today on the grade out of these two movies is uh, the straight man, the 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 straight laced guy who kind of anchors the goofball. So we're comparing Robert Downey Jr. versus David Spade. I'll let you take it away. What were your thoughts there? Okay, um, David Spade kind of plays that character that you've seen him. Smart Alec, in a way, but straight-laced. I mean, he's the nerdy, numbers kind of guy that has worked for Callahan Auto Parts for a long time, didn't have a dad, so Big Tom is kind of a father figure to him, and he's, you know, he's going to do what he needs to do in the company. Um, even one of their customers, when they're on the sales run, calls him a smug... Um, Gosh, I can't remember the line, but that whole kind of, you know, he's talking down to people mm-hmm. all the time, um, where he's kind of unlikable until he gets to being with Tommy in that car. And he, you know, Tommy kind of breaks him down a little bit and breaks that shell a little bit. Um, so as far as Spade goes, I like that role for him. It's not always what you see with him, but... I mean, he play, that character fits him pretty well. Yes, it does. I gave Spade, I gave uh, Richard's character an 85 for that role. Downey Jr., I think, in Due Date, I think that's a perfect role perfect. for him. He's, he's an arrogant person. Yes. He's a smug person, and that just, all the way through that movie, you can just see that he's just on that edge of losing his mind. Because of all the things that Ethan is making him deal with, yeah. is causing him to deal with. Because, you know, he's stuck at the Atlanta airport and he's trying to get back to L.A. And he doesn't have his wallet and he doesn't have his credit cards and he doesn't have his bag. I mean, he's totally left with nothing. Mm-hmm. And if if it isn't for Ethan, he's, he's screwed on this yep. deal. So, um, Robert Downey Jr., great actor. Much better actor than Spade. Yeah, oh gosh, no doubt. In, in a lot of different things. Um, I don't know that he had to act a whole lot, really, for this. I mean, it just, it's, you know, it's great casting. Mm-hmm. Those people who cast movies, I think they they picked the perfect. I don't think you could have picked anybody better for that. So, I gave Spade an 85. I'm giving Downer, Downey Jr. a 92 for this role. So, Oh, man. We were really close to matching really? in this category. Okay. I was kind of hoping we would be. <laughs> Tell me what you think about those straight men, Mitch. So I think you said it. Uh, I agree with you completely with Spade. Um, one thing I noticed when I was re-wa- on rewatching this movie is, like, Spade's career. I mean, this is not the role that he spends most of his career in. Mm -hmm. And it's a shame because I actually thought it fit him better than the super Adam Sandler-y kind of bits he gets into later. Where it's a little more goofy, a little more out there. I mean, even his TV show spots and like shows like Rules of Engagement. He's real goofy and over the top, kind of an idiot. I love this role for him. Still funny. He still has his one-liners that are just hilarious. But he's playing more of that straight-laced... Um, that that smug, smart guy. Um, and I like that for him. I thought he did a really good job. Um, now, again, at his deficit, I don't think he's the greatest actor. You compare him to Robert Downey Jr., not sure. even close. Um, so I actually had him 
at an 85 also. All right. I thought he was funny. I thought he fit the role pretty well. I think he probably could have found some people who fit it a little bit better than him, but I thought yeah. he did a good job with the role. I think physically, him and Farley, I think oh, just looking at the two yes. of them, it was a good pairing. It was a great, great pairing yeah. just for that visual. Yeah. And again, when you lean that hard into slapstick comedy, sure. like uh, Tommy Boy did, that visual uh, helps out a lot. It makes yeah. it pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so I gave him an 85. Downey Jr., I'm with you. Loved him in this role. Thought he's hilarious. Um, I've watched interviews with him outside of the movie. I think he himself is kind of a pretentious guy and a little bit above everybody when he speaks. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like you said, I don't think there was a ton of acting. I think he was being him. Um, And it worked really well. Also, I think he took the straight man um, concept a step farther than Spade did, where Spade still had the goofy side, which played to him in Tommy Boy. I think that was a good pick, but in this movie, I think it's hilarious that Downey Jr. is like the most straight-laced, eyes on the target, get to point A, from point A to point B in the most efficient way possible, and anybody in his way just frustrates him. Sure. Makes his blood boil, no matter how small of an inconvenience it is, where most people will be like, oh, that's not a big deal. He just, uh, he's, he, it drives him nuts. Right, um, right. And I think he's hilarious in that position. I mean, he, he plays this role in different variations in a lot of movies. I mean, like Iron Man even, his biggest role. Yeah, yeah. He plays the same type and it fits him so well. Right. I gave him a 93 overall. Nice. Yeah, I, you went with a 92. I was really hoping you'd go to the 93 yeah, there and we could yep. match that. And it's funny too because like most movies like this, you're seeing them in that progression from the beginning to the end. And Downey Jr., you know, it's funny. They get to the hospital and, and Ethan's fixing his hair, his hair and yep. putting the vest on him and all of that. And you're just like, for Spade, it was more about the car. Yes. You know, the car that he treasured. And then it's just trashed by the end of the road trip. So, you know, it was it was more Downey Jr.'s physical appearance, the gunshot. Yeah, the, the gunshot to the leg at the very end. I mean, he gets beat. <laughs> oh up. my gosh! Yeah, uh, arm in a sling. Arm in a sling from the Subaru going over the overpass and all gets that. Gets beat so. up by a handicapped veteran with a nightstick. Like, yes. oh, he takes oh, a gosh. physical beating. Danny McBride too. I mean, yes, too. I love. We're, Danny we're not McBride. talking about the cast, but that's that's another great one yes. there too. That that bit. So and another wheelhouse for Danny McBride. Yes. Like they people cast him, put him in the perfect position for his style of comedy. Very true. Very oh. true. So let's flip it over then to the uh, as you labeled it the buffoon. Let's go to the opposite <laughs> side and look at our buffoons. Okay, I'm going to start with Farley again okay. here. I think. As far as physical comedy goes, I think back to Chris Farley on Saturday Night Live. When he, you know, you listen to his brother talk about him and you listen to those other people that were on Saturday Night Live talk about him and the phrase they always use is fatty fall down. You know, that's that was his shtick the whole time, but he does it in a very genuine way. I mean he I think that guy perfected it. As much as any of those other large, physically large comedians. You know, John Candy was never a physical comedian. John Belushi definitely was, mm-hmm. but I think Farley just, he was a big guy, he was athletic, and he just let it flow very naturally. Mm-hmm. So, um, like you brought up before, slapstick comedy. Um, this was his first movie role, kind of calling back to our. Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. won a few episodes ago. This is his first starring role in a movie. So I give him props for that. I think it's too bad that we lost him at such an early oh, no age. Kidding. 
thinking of what he could have done yeah. as an older actor, as an older comedian. But I think partly, and this is going to sound harsh, but I'm going to say it anyway, sometimes when people die young like that, they don't suffer from failures. Yeah. You know? Yep. He he left at a very high point. He mm-hmm. died at a very high point of his career. He Not every movie he made was fantastic. I mean, Black Sheep, starring these same two guys, was not nearly as good as this one. No, absolutely not. Beverly Hills Ninja was just him. I mean, I think he was very drugged out when mm-hmm. he shot that movie. Not great, but this is definitely his high point as far as movies go. So I give uh, Farley a 95 on this one. I went pretty high on that because I think it fits him really well. Galifianakis, I love Zach Galifianakis. He he plays that same sort of awkward character really well. Yes. You see it in the Hangover movies. You see it in Between Two Ferns, if you've seen mm-hmm. that. Between you see two it um, Dinner for Schmucks. Dinner for Schmucks, yeah. I mean, there, you could go on and on about him. One of my favorite movies of his is, if you haven't seen it, um, it's kind of a funny story. There's a kid who checks himself into a mental hospital, teenager, um, because he's feeling suicidal. And Galifianakis is one of the one of the patients there also. And really good, really good movie if you haven't seen that. Galifianakis can deliver those one-liners with that delivery like, oh, I have to make a pee-pee, you know, mm-hmm. he reminds him. Or, you know, I'm the sunglasses. What was the line with the sunglasses? I'm trying to showcase this. Yes. And yep. it's in the middle of the night, yep. you know. It just... The goofy lines, he can deliver them to a T. So I give Ethan, Chase, or Tremblay, Tremblay whichever Ethan you wish, Tremblay. a 92 for this role. So, All right. Um, Farley a 95 and Galifianakis a 92 for the buffoon role. How about you, Mitch? So I'll start with Farley because I think this one's an easy one and you hit most of the points. I mean, the guy's just a legend. Um, obviously a little before my time of actually following movies, but being able to look back on him. And one thing going into this movie is I knew he's a slapstick guy and slapstick nowadays is such a, um, hard thing to pull off where people call you out immediately if it doesn't go, if it doesn't hit well, or if it's just very cheaply done where you're like, Oh, you were going for a really bad laugh. wasn't executed well. Um, so I was a little concerned. I was like, ah, I remember this being slapstick and, and that's kind of his thing. But I forgot how good he is at it. Yeah, he yeah. like, And you said a word that I'm glad you said, because I probably wouldn't have came up with it. Um, he does it so genuinely. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't look forced. It doesn't look fake. It, it's hilarious. And then just his facials and his delivery of lines afterwards. Uh, and, like, <laughs> the fact that every time he gets hit in this movie, it's always, Son of a... That's going to leave a mark. <laughs> That made me laugh every time. Yep. Um, he's just incredible at that physical slapstick comedy. Um, I gave him a 95 also. Again, I, I was a little concerned you were just going off of my notes there for a second, but we did differ on Galifianakis. Um, but Farley was awesome. Absolutely hilarious in that role. Uh, but but I haven't seen a ton of some of those movies. You named, I haven't seen all of his stuff. And yeah. I'd love to go back and watch that. This I did, is definitely the best of his movies. I believe so. that. Um, I will say my favorite thing of his is the SNL highlight reel. The, the best of. Yeah. His best of SNL is so funny. The Chippendales yes. audition. Oh my with gosh. With Swayze is great. It's just, he was so good and they wrote him so well on that show and used him perfectly. Yeah. Oh, he was funny. Yeah. Um, so a 95 for him. Um, Zach Galifianakis, 
I love Zach Galifianakis. I think he's hilarious. I think he's a little bit, unfortunately, he's kind of typecast himself where now these are the only roles he gets. Sure. Um, I don't know if that's a great thing. Maybe this is all he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not positive. Does he have any serious roles? I was trying to oh think my. through and I was looking through and I couldn't find anything. See, that the one that I mentioned, it's kind of a funny story. It's, it's mostly serious throughout because he's, you know, he's dealing with a lot of things in his life. That's why he's in the mental hospital, too. It's not serious like One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but, I mean, there's definitely... When the comedy hits in that movie, it hits big yeah. because it's a pretty serious tone to that movie. Makes sense. So. Um, but I love him in those roles. Like, I love him in the goofy roles. Um, my one thing on this movie, and, and this is why the grade got hurt a little bit, is he is hilarious, but I have this problem with, like... So The Office. I love The Office, and unpopular opinion, I hate Michael Scott. Mm-hmm. Because if I feel so uncomfortable while watching a movie or TV show that I have to look at my feet like I'm in a public split space trying to avoid <laughs> eye contact, it drives me nuts. And he was to that point where I was like, oh, that's funny, that's funny. And he says something like, oh my gosh, my skin is crawling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, I was getting frustrated because some of the decisions he makes, you're like, No. You can't, like, you're a goofball, but you can't be that stupid. Yeah, yeah. Like, Farley in uh, Tommy Boy, he's an idiot and a goofball, but he's very genuinely likable. Yeah. He's trying to do right by everybody around yes. him, and he wants people to be proud of him. Galifianakis is just kind of evilly dumb. Like, yeah. he's dumb to the point where it hurts everybody. Yeah. And also, like, he's kind of mean. When D- Robert Downey Jr. is talking about his dad leaving him and he starts laughing and goes my dad would never do that he loved me yes <laughs> and I'm like oh that's frustrating um because of that and again that's more of my personal bias just saying like oh he's so stupid it made me mad um I gave him an 86 because again I think it was funny he's hilarious some of his lines he's got great one-liners in yes. this movie um but again that frustration I was like ah, I don't think it quite was with Farley where I also thought both leading roles in Tommy Boy were much more likable mm-hmm. than in, or yeah, than in Due Date. Than in Due Date, yeah. So his role, do you like his role better in the Hangover movies? Yes, absolutely. Okay, because he's almost stupid innocent in that mm-hmm. movie. Like he's he's dumb, and yes, he causes the biggest problem of the whole night by sure. slipping them drugs. Yes, but he doesn't make repeatedly. I gotta think back through and make sure I'm not sounding stupid. Here. <laughs> he doesn't make that many repeated and arrogant like dumb mistakes where sure. he's just. In this movie, he's a wannabe actor who mm-hmm. just thinks he can make it, and it leads to... The headshots. The headshots. The headshots are great. And using his stage name to try and wire <laughs> money, and then not having an ID with yeah. Ethan Tremblay. Like, yeah. Oh, it was frustrating how uh-huh. dumb he was. So I gave him an 86. So 95 for Farley, 86 for Galifianakis. Nice, nice. Um, our next category is the antics, or the shenanigans that the two get into in the course of the movie. Um, I always make myself notes here, and I didn't have quite enough, so I'm sure I'm going to miss something here. But thinking to Tommy Boy, just the sales freak out where he sets the car, the car on, on fire. fire. That is scene great. is so funny. 
um, in the restaurant where he's trying to get the chicken wings from the waitress, yeah. you know, and he freaks out, rips the roll apart, you know, and then she makes him the, the chicken wings. Um, fat guy in a little Ch- coat. Best scene in the entire movie. <laughs> and now it'll be stuck in my head for three weeks, yep. him singing yep. fat guy in a little yep. coat. That's, it's, and Spade couldn't keep a straight no. face in that scene. I'm sure that's probably the best one that they, the best take that they had. When they're posing as the flight attendants and they're doing the the, the pre-flight spiel, um, the girl in the pool at the hotel yeah. <laughs> when Farley's just nailing him afterwards. What's your favorite team, the Yankees? <laughs> Buddy Hackett. The, I mean, <laughs> they're just great lines there. The gas station when they rips the car door yes. off and tries to fix it. Um, the fight that they have outside the dinosaur forest and he. Hits him in the face with a two by four. It's just gold after gold. The sailboat with the three the kids. The sailboat, yes. Oh my gosh! Hey Gilligan, did you <laughs> eat the skipper? You know, and then Ju- uh, Julie Warner's character, um, Michelle, Michelle yep. stands up and lays into those kids, and then they take off. And Tommy's impressed. The the whole line about the T bone steak that his dad says, and he's trying and trying and trying, and finally at the end of the movie, <laughs> he keeps messing. <laughs> the cow tipping with him and Rob Lowe, you know, it's just, and they're at the gas station hosing each other off, and the paint chips that reappears a couple times. I gave the antics for Tommy Boy a ninety eight because 98. there's so much good. There's so many great lines that, I mean, we're just sitting there smiling, I'm just thinking about them. So, pretty good antics there for a road movie. Um, for Due Date, also very good. You've got the drainage ditches yep. when he's in the back of the truck and he and the dog just go flying. And he tells him not to tense up because yeah. that's what he said when they got in the car accident. <laughs> Don't tense up so much next time. <laughs> The coffee, dad and the coffee, coffee can, yeah. and they drink the coffee. And then he um, spits it out and drinks it again when yes, he's trying to get yes. the taste out. Uh, absolutely. Um, the whole Western Union scene yep. with Danny McBride is good. Um, every time Ethan tries to act, when he acts at Juliet Lewis's house and does The Godfather, in the rest stop bathroom yep. when he's doing the football coach the football. and the Julia Roberts dying of cancer, you know, and just all of that. The fact that Ethan claims that he's 23 years <laughs> old. <laughs> and at the end finally goes, you know, I'm not 23, right? Yeah. That was his big confession. Yes, that the was end. the confession. Um, the two and a half men bit of him running a fan site for that show. The Waffle House where he's allergic to waffles. The perm. I mean, just the whole, you know. Do you have a good hair guy in L.A.? Because I got a perm. I need some I need some maintenance, maintenance on my perm, yeah. Oh, my gosh. And the dog, Sonny. The dog. I mean, so many great parts with the dog. So, um, I gave Due Date a 91. I feel like I... Didn't give it enough credit there, but I'm giving it a 91. I like it. How about your antics scores there, Mitch? Antics, you hit on a lot. I'm like, Tommy Boy, um, one thing that's impressive, but also for my grade, I'll admit, I thought hurt it. Um, But what was impressive was it was a road trip movie. They were on the road, they were moving around, but they limited their their scenarios to like business calls and hotels, basically. Mm -hmm. Like, 
they very much so limited to where, and, and I think that's impressive that they wrote so many funny bits that stayed on plot. Sure. Um, where like even Due Date did a, did a um, I would say they, they had a little easier job where they kind of mixed in some really wild, like the Mexican border, mm-hmm. like that didn't need to be there, didn't really make sense that they ended up sure. there, but they knew it'd be funny, so they tied it in. Tommy Boy stayed right on plot and just mixed in their scenes, um, made it, made the, the, um, made scenes that fit really well with the plot that you would expect to be there and sure. turned those into comedy gold. Right, right. Um, the reason I say that hurts is because when I looked at this category, I took it like a true antics movie for me um, is something like that's just, it focuses on the antics, Harold and Kumar. Mm-hmm. Like where the plot took a side seat to how many different crazy situations and antics can we put them in for the sake of comedy right. while having a very thin plot line throughout. Sure. So for sure. me, that was kind of my high bar. Something okay. stupid like that, when I think antics, that's what I think. Um, so I gave Tommy Boy an 88. Okay. Um, which again, like you said, I'm not sure that's that's fully justified, but by the way I was reasoning through it, I was like, yeah, it doesn't quite live up to a true antics movie where it's all about the different, um, what situations can we put them in, no matter how bizarre they are. Right, um, right. They, they stayed on par and they made it, which again is credit to them, they made it hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but I gave them an 88 due date. Um, I thought it had a little more freedom with the antics, but I still didn't think it was quite up to, again, when I talk about it, the first one that came to mind, Harold and Kumar. For me, I'm like, oh, that was way more over the top and funny. Due date reached a little closer to that. Um, has hilarious scenes. The stop um, at his, you guys can't see it, air quotes, pharmacist's house. Yes. To get his medicine. To get his medicine. His glaucoma and medicine. And he punches the little, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> punches the kid in the stomach. That, to me, that was so oh funny. There's gosh. great moments there. Um, the Mexican border where he's asking, to, does he have glaucoma? <laughs> does the dog have glaucoma? Because his eyes are glassy. <laughs> like, the bits they used were very, very funny. Um, I thought they were good. Robert Downey Jr. and Zach Galifianakis nailed it with um, their just their two opposites. Like, you put them in hilarious situations, like the um, Western Union, mm-hmm. where... Ethan Chase just forgets that obviously Ethan Tremblay won't work to make a legitimate <laughs> money transfer, and Robert Downey Jr. is just so frustrated. He then goes off on what we find out later is a disabled war veteran. Yes. Oh like, my gosh. so the bits were very funny. I gave it a ninety overall. I thought it definitely was incredible. I think that was me being mean on both of those grades again. But antics, I, I just thought there was more. I don't know. I thought the characters and the plot were both bigger in this movie than a true antics movie. Sure. I thought this had, which again, I would call more valuable. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they did a great job with it. Which leads us to number four, soundtrack. One and, of our favorites. Right. We always love talking about the music and how it's used. And I'm going to start off our discussion here on this category that it is not a big part of either one nope. of these movies. They did not use it in a major no. way. So... Tommy Boy, if you've ever seen that movie, you know where the focus of the music is. It's in that scene where they're arguing over what to play on the radio. Yep. Yep. You know, and they're, you know, Tommy likes this song, but Richard doesn't. So they switch it. And finally, they get to the Carpenter song. And, you know, they're like, <laughs> okay, um, how. I, I can live with it if you can, you yep. know? And then they cut away and they're both bawling huge giant tears singing along with Karen Carpenter on that. And then the last sing-along, after they've kind of 
met their quota and been a success and they're singing along the heiress two at the <laughs> okay i have that down to the heiress two i thought was hilarious <laughs> that i'm sure nobody has ever heard that song mm-hmm. outside i yep. mean the common person has never ever heard that song before so the little bits that they use music in this in this movie i gave tommy boy an 82 okay for the music usage there um Due Date has a couple of good songs. I think they use the Pink Floyd song in the car at night when Ethan is sharing his medicine, medicine yep. with the car. That's a perfect choice for that for that scene. Yes. I think that is absolutely perfect. There's an Ice Cube song in there because um, a couple scenes before they use that. Um, Ethan says, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. And then, you know, like... Ten minutes later, you hear that by Ice Cube. Um, there's some good uses of some songs to kind of move the narrative along, but it's not definitely not a major part of this movie. So for Due Date, I gave the soundtrack, the, the, the songs, an 80. So 82 for Tommy Boy, 80 for Due Date. How about you, Mitch? Um, so one thing you said that I agree with completely, and I, I, I had written down was that for me, like a... A travel movie like this, being on the road, things like that, I would have thought music would have been much more yes, important. Yes. Like rewatching, we kind of had this conversation right before we started filming, like even talking about this category if it would work, because we both were surprised by how little the soundtracks were incorporated to the movie, like mm-hmm. how little they meant. Now, like you said, they were used in, especially I thought Tommy Boy. Um, and this will be reflected in my score. Tommy Boy used it in a much much funnier way. Sure. Now, spare. It was very, very sparse, but mm-hmm. it was funny when they did. Um, also, uh, I, I, at that point when I was like, ah, it's kind of minimal, I just started looking at the, remembering the, which songs they used, and, and a lot of my grade is based off of which songs I liked more. Sure. Um, so, one thing, it really did not matter to the movie at all, but uh, Come On Eileen. Yes. I don't know why. If I ever hear that song in a movie, I think it's hilarious. Like, I just love that song. Yeah. Um, it showed up at football practice the other day because uh, <laughs> Mr. K plays our music at football. <laughs> Never been happier than when that song came on. Um, Into the World as we know it. Love that song. Also, I thought it fit really well with a road trip. Like, it's mm-hmm. got that upbeat, like, traveling. Sure. Um, I thought that was really good. But again, a little disappointed in how it was used. I gave it an 80 overall. Okay. Um, the best song I thought wasn't even a song. I thought it was Fat Guy in a Little Coat. <laughs> like, we're talking soundtrack. He's, he's like, it's sing-songy, his voice. Yep, so. and he was singing it. I counted it. And like I said, it will be stuck in my head like a song yeah. because every time I hear that bit or I watch it, I've seen it on YouTube, just that clip, my, I can't stop thinking about yeah. it. I'm like, that's so funny. The gas station, too, when he's spraying it down with water. Yes. I'm a maniac. Maniac. And he's dancing. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> And it's so funny because when he's doing that, you can just see the music video. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh it's so good. Yeah. Um, so I gave it an 80. Um, due date, really disappointed with the music. Yeah. I just thought... Nah. Especially in 2010, you know, where in the last 20 years, music has, I think it's become a big, big, big part huge of part. motion pictures. It so. has. People started paying attention to it yes. and being like, wow, that was really good. I thought this didn't use music really... At all in a in a very like uh, again a comedy you can use music a lot Tommy Boy did it again like I said not a ton but when they used music they used it for comedy purposes sure. and it it worked well mm-hmm. Due Date eh, not so much yeah um yeah. 
the songs that I went through just kind of there was a couple that just played in the background um which they weren't bad song choices, but they didn't really carry much weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I overall just was not impressed. I gave it a 75 overall. Yeah. Um, like you said, the point Pink Floyd, the, the scene in the car right before they hit the Mexican border, that part, that's the one that stands out to me. Yeah. That That is hilarious. Yeah. Um, the other big part of that scene, sorry, going off topic a little bit here, though, is that's one of the few times you see uh, Robert Downey Jr. kind of loosen up and be a little goofier <laughs> and have a little fun. Yeah. Um, and that was funny, just because it was so out of character for yeah. him in this movie. That and feeding Sonny he, the Bugles. Yes. And, <laughs> oh, man. So remember this, listeners. If you want to suggest a movie to us, and you want us to score it highly, it better have some better, good music. We're both big better on the music Better have some banger yep. soundtrack. We pay it, attention so. heavily on yes. the music and how it's used. <laughs> um, so yeah, 75 for me for Due Date, 80 for Tommy Boy. Okay. Um, next up stops. There's stops along the way. Um, I think it t- this ties in a little bit with antics, but more specifically focusing on the individual stops sure. they make. What did you think? For Tommy Boy, I mean, obviously a lot of their stops were hotels at night, um, the sales stops during the day, you know. Tommy's getting all nervous, you know. Does, does this, you know, does this tie make, might make me look fat? No, no your, your face, face does. <laughs> You know he's all nervous. We don't take we don't take we don't take no for an answer. <laughs> we don't take no. We don't take no prisoners. prisoners. <laughs> I mean, some of those and the interactions with the customers. You know, we're not going to take no for an answer. And then you hear about six cutaways. Yep. No, no, no. Well, maybe. Oh, you know. And then <laughs> they, they get excited. All excited. So I love it when they're saying no, and every time he, Tommy's just like. Okay, thank you for your time. And stands Okey-dokey. up. Okie dokie. And just stands up and walks out. Yeah, yep, that cutaway. Yep. Those were funny. So you've got, you know, the, the food stops and the fight. And, you know, when the hood flips up open out out from the gas station, the gas station stop is a good one where Tommy rips the door off of Richard's prize car. The deer is obviously deer. one of the biggest oh, ones, you know, where they're like... Making, you know, Richard is making some comment to Tommy and hits the deer and then they load it in the back. I'm like, why would you ever load a dead deer in the back seat of your car? (laughs) They're talking about what to do with it. Do we take it to the vet? You're going to take a dead deer to the vet. (laughs) So the stops in Tommy Boy, I I gave a 92 for a grade there. Um, Stops in due date, you kind of hit it earlier. Uh, A lot of them... Didn't drive the plot, but they were hilarious. Very funny. Hilarious instances. Um, the medicine stop and that whole interaction between Ethan and his pharmacist and her border, I guess. <laughs> I mean, and him doing the Godfather scene and them just being taken by it. Yes. And Downey Jr. stuck in the living room with the kids watching cartoons and. The rubber snake the in rubber. his face. It wasn't me. It, it was Reggie. It's Reggie. Well, maybe Reggie needs to take a nap. <laughs> and then he just clocks the kid and just like, be cool, be cool, be, be cool. cool. <laughs> um, that's a great one. The Waffle House. The wa- you know, the stop at the gas station where he chugs the Joe Cola. I was yep. like, um, the beginning where they stop at the rest stop and they're sleeping there and... and Peter takes off in the morning and feels guilty and goes back, you know. And I think at that point, 
his character, you're thinking he's just going to take off yeah. and leave him, you know. But he comes back with donuts, and that was his confessional at the end. Stopping at the Grand Canyon, stopping accidentally at the Mexican border. border. So there's there's some good stops. I don't think I don't feel that they were as good as the ones in Tommy Boy. So I gave due date an 88 for those stops. 88. How about you, Mitch? What's your opinion there? So stops, Tommy Boy. Like I said, I liked them, but they were very limited because they were plot driven, which in a way I think is very positive. It's an mm-hmm. impressive feat. But if I'm just taking this category on, which again, uh, with comedies, my mind shifts to what were funnier. And these, they had them. They they were funny. Um, as my score will reflect, I thought the ones in Due Date were much funnier, and I think that's partly just our two different tastes sure. in movies. I'm dumber. I like the new <laughs> dumb comedy. I love dumb comedy, and I thought Due Date pitched more to that Tommy Boy. Um, while being slapstick, which I would argue is a little lower than some of the comedy out there, when done by Chris Farley is very highbrow comedy, mm-hmm. in my opinion, because of how well it's executed. Um, sorry, getting off topic. To the stops, though, Tommy Boy, the deer one, is my all-time favorite in that movie. When the deer breaks out of the car, oh, gosh. and Tommy's standing there and finally goes, wow, that was really cool. <laughs> and, Sorry about your car, yes, Richard. <laughs> and Richard's sitting there, devastated, because he made it clear this car is his baby. Yes. And Tommy can't stop destroying it, so that scene, that stop was funny. Uh, the hotel's... Again, the the girl in the swimming pool, I thought that stopped. That whole scene with David Spade, or sorry, Richard, when he jumps into bed real quick and then all the quick one-liners, that was yes. hilarious. Um, you're just the, the the overall, I thought the funniest that, that it continued, and the funniest bit that they just kept going to were the sales calls. Each of the sales stops, I thought was hilarious. I thought it was well-written. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought the stops were really good. Uh, again, part of that's just credit to, I'd say, mostly Farley and how he interacts when acting. Sure. The, him lighting the car on fire and doing the whole bit about the brakes and, like, <laughs> running it into something and smashing it and lighting it on fire. Very funny. Um, again, limited, so we didn't get the out-there stops, the mm-hmm. really out-of-the-way, just, like, nonsense stops, which, again, I said is impressive, but for me, not as funny. I love the out-there stops. That's my sense of comedy, so I gave this an 85. 85. Um, 80s for me, good, not great. Um, due date, I thought was hilarious because, like I said, it, fit, it checks my boxes of having random, dumb stops. Uh, the pharmacist, again, the, the medicine pickup, <laughs> number one in my book because Robert Downey Jr. punching a kid is hilarious. <laughs> uh, the Mexican border where Tremblay, Ethan Chase, has to save him and hooks the trailer up to a truck and oh, just drives, gosh. and he's got his... He's got his um, scarf tied around his head. And like he's in the Taliban. Yes, yes. He's, he just, oh, it's so funny. And he drives oh him gosh. off and saves him. And uh, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. takes a picture of him and goes, this is your new headshot. <laughs> and they're both still a little bit feeling the effects of the medicine. So that whole scene, very funny stop. Um, the one, gosh dang it. See, again, I always use the actor's name. I try to use character names. Uh... Fox, um, what was his name in the movie? Uh, let me find it real quick. Maybe. Jamie Foxx, Daryl. Yes, yes. Daryl, okay. the kind of might be seen, the, his wife, but they mm-hmm. stop there and there's the coffee scene where they're drinking the dad's ashes. Oh my word. That stop, and 
Daryl trying to be like, there's no way this guy's that bad. Yeah. There's no way. He like, you have to be nice. Karma's a thing. Mm-hmm. And then he's like eight minutes into the conversation. He's like, you, you and the beard and the dog, out, <laughs> out. And he's like, eight and a half minutes. I told you. I yeah. told you he's the worst. Yeah. Those stops were hilarious to me. I gave Dude um, a 93. Again, by the basis I was using or by some other movies that have uh, focused more on the antics and the really crazy stops. I thought it was good. Not quite to that caliber, but again, I think a little bit of it was it's it's a little different than that style of movie. Sure, sure. So, overall, our overall scores, my um, overall score for Tommy Boy ended up averaging out to a 90%. I think Farley made that movie. I no, mean, gosh, no doubt about without it. Without him, you don't have nearly the, the comedy effect. Without him, that, do you think, so here's a question, without him, is there anybody else you can put in that role and it's not a flop? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. I literally think that movie hinged on him. I mean, not even thinking about who it would have had to been in 1995. Even if you could pull somebody from a different era out. I don't know. Jack maybe, Black. Maybe Jack Black could have pulled that That was off. one I thought of. I yeah. was like, I could cut, but I don't think it is. I still don't think it's as good. Yeah, and going back further, Jim, uh, John Belushi. John Belushi would be pretty Original solid. Saturday Night Live cast member. You know, he could have he could have been okay there too, but I mean... I don't think they could have pulled off the slapstick no, style as well. No. Farley is just so funny in his movement yeah. and reactions. Yeah, and Belushi was funny, but in a different, different. a different kind of yep. way. You know, in a different kind of way. Um... I remember back to the, some of those characters. We kind of touched on some of those that Farley Farley played. So for me, Tommy Boy ends up being a ninety percent. Um, Due date ends up being an eighty nine. Very close on those scores for mine. A ninety and an eighty nine. I really like the interplay between Galifianakis and Downey Jr. I think those two worked really well together. I think the you touched on it many many times, Mitch. The, the funny situations that that Ethan drug Peter into yes. and Peter had. I mean, I kept thinking to myself, if Ethan's by himself on that trip, he may not have made it. No, know? absolutely not. He yeah. may have died. He may have he might be in gotten Mexico. lost, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think Peter saved him and got him to Hollywood there. Yeah. So um, for due date, it ended up being an 89 for me. So... How did your scores work out? Well, it saddens me to, to share these. Um, my overalls taken from my other grades. Um, actually, I mean, it makes sense because the, the only place I really thought due date outshined, which again is important to me, was the, the antic stops part. Sure. The, the out there of it, the crazy situations. Um, however, Tommy Boy, a well-written movie. I thought the plot was solid. I thought the resolution, the ending was good. Like, it wasn't too cheesy or, like, too um, too just, like, let's wrap it up real quick. Let's make mm-hmm. it happy. Like, I thought it had a cool plot line. I thought him selling, um, oh, what's his name, the other the other company owner? Uh, Dan Aykroyd. Um, Ed Zelensky. 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 I thought him Zelensky selling Zelensky on uh, selling him parts and then... Then showing him, like, the whole plot of selling him parts and then being like, oh, yeah, by the way, you're not going to buy our company because they don't rightfully own pieces. I thought that was pretty, like, a clever end to it. It wasn't a cheap ending. Mm -hmm. Um, So, 
Uh, I was glad my scores came out to give it a 90. I thought that represented it. If I'm being honest, I would honestly give it a little bit higher if I'm just like not looking at my categories and going how much I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it's an awesome movie. Yeah. And Chris Farley, just I could watch him in that role all day. Um, 90 for that. Uh, due date, my averages came out to an 89. Oh, man. So exactly the, the same. It took five episodes, <laughs> but I picked the older movie. And you know what? Yes. I'm, I'm going to sleep well tonight because I agree with that. That's good. I think it's true. Um, I think Due Date's more my comedy, but as far as an overall movie, I think Tommy Boy is a classic. Um, I think most people have seen it, know it. It stood the test of time. It's mm-hmm. comedy still holds up. It's just funny. And also, it's a little bit of a in memory of Chris Farley. You watch it and get an appreciation for what was lost when he passed away, like a true comedian. Um, So yeah, I'm very alright with conceding on this one and saying the older movie. Yeah, so that hurt a little bit. Well, our top five tonight. Top fives. Ready for that, Mitch? Let's do it. Our top five, we decided to do a top five road trip songs. So, I'm going to let you start off on this one. All right. What's your number five road trip song, Mitch? Number five for me um, is Ride With Me by Nelly. Okay. I don't know why. I just, every like, whenever I've been on I think it might be this. It might not even be the song. It might be that every road trip I went on in my younger years, it was on a playlist I had. And so, now I associate that with traveling. Sure. It's got a nice upbeat tune. It's a little rappy, which I used to love back in my day. A good mm-hmm. rap song. Riding Me by Nelly's my number five. What about you? What do you got? See, I love these, that we're doing these, because this totally shows. My number five is Holiday Road by Lindsey Buckingham from from the original National Lampoon's Vacation. Because that always makes, every time I hear it, and you don't hear it a lot, but when you do hear it, it makes you think of being in a car, sitting in the back seat, with your dad driving the car, you know, not necessarily a station wagon, but... On a long trip somewhere and trying to survive that those miles on the road. So, Holiday Road is like my it. number five. How about your number four? So, you said uh, these will probably show our differences, and I think you were referring <laughs> to age. Um, but I'm going to take it back a little bit here. Okay. Now, it's not really fair because it's a cultural phenomenon, and that's why I know of it. Okay. Um, Country Roads by John Denver. I just think anytime you play that on the road and you got five five of your friends and you're just belting out country roads while driving, it feels right. Yeah. Feels like the move. Nice. Yes. Nice. What about you, number four? My number four is Take Me Home Country Roads by John <laughs> Yes! We are on we're in sync tonight on this. Cause I'm like you cannot not sing along to that you, song. Yeah, you when have you to hear it. it. That's a perfect song to come on the radio when everybody's just on edge and put everybody back. So, yep, I'm with you. Same thing. Love it. How about your number three, Mitch? Number three um, has a special meaning to me because it was our. It was in our. I just got married last year. It was our exiting wedding song. So when okay. we got married, it was the song we all walked back out to. Mm-hmm. Um, Home by Edward Sharpton and the Magnetic Zeros. I love it, upbeat, it's got that little bounce to it. I've noticed most of my songs, I don't know if I'm even, people might think I'm crazy by saying this, but these songs have like a, a natural bounce to them where it feels mm-hmm. like you're almost walking. It's like a traveling song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Home, love that song. What do you got for number three? Number three, I have Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones. Every time I hear that song, it makes me think about driving at night on a dark highway. That whole... 
um, kind of eerie background singer that ooh, you know in the background and just the the vibe of that song makes me think about driving at night yeah. I love that song I, I'm not a huge Rolling Stones fan but that's definitely my favorite Rolling Stones Fair. song how about number two, Mitch? Number two, um, I had to get some EDM in there, a little bit of some some techno. So I went with every time uh, every time we touch by Cascada. I don't know if you've ever heard that song. No. Um, it is a when it comes on, it's a chaos song. Um, so I have a couple friends. We go to Chicago and we always play it because then I mean you just it, it's one of those you got to move and start. Uh, EDM I don't think is your style. I, would I be wrong in saying no, that? No, that's that's true. EDM, I love it. If you got a good beat, you just feel like you got to move and punch to it and have some fun. That's every time we touch by Cascada. Okay. Which you know, it's kind of that midway road trip song where everybody's kind of falling off. They're like, dude, it's getting long. We're, yeah. We're getting tired. You throw this on, the energy's right back to a hundred, and yeah. you're on the road again. Nice. Yes. Yes. Nice. My number two, um, Tiny Dancer by Elton John. I picked that because it's one of my favorite road trip scenes from a movie yep, too, um, from Almost Famous, gosh, where they're all one. just, they want to kill each other. That song comes on and each person starts singing along a little bit. It's a great song. It's a mellow vibe. Um, I, I love it. I love that song. And I've, I've used it in a lot of different instances with like, family videos that I put together of my kids when they were younger and things like that. So, Tiny Dancer, Tiny Elton Dancer. John. Yep. Well, How about your number one? Number one for me, uh, partly influenced by the movie in which I first heard it, uh, Deliverance by Bubba Sparks from Without a Paddle. Um, love that movie. Road trip movie, absolutely. Um, Bubba Sparks, kind of a two-hit wonder. Uh, but... Good song, absolutely. I mean, and the whole song's just about traveling. I've been traveling a dozen times, right? Yeah. Um, so I, I love that one, and again, without a paddle, that's the first time I heard it forever with me in my brain. It was just like, this is a traveling song. This is a road trip with the guys song. Mm -hmm. um, so that's my number one. What nice, do you got? Bring it, nice. bring it up. My number one is Interstate Love Song by Stone Temple Pilots. One of my favorite songs of all time. I don't know... The band or I the song? I love that song. Um, 90s, early 90s, okay. kind of came out after Nirvana. I mean, they got thrown into this mix with Nirvana. Um, Scott Weiland was their lead singer, died early. But there's, I mean, they they kind of fell under that grunge kind of label. Yeah. Um, but that's, absolutely love that song. I've heard it, you know... Back when I listened to music on my iTunes, it's the one that I've probably listened to the most, and I never get tired of that song. Interstate Love Song by Stone Temple Pilots. So love it. Not a bad top five day. Not bad at all. Road trip I like music. That one. Yeah, for sure. So that wraps up episode five. The unfortunate part in our. Uh, and our planning today, I'm not sure we picked movies for next week. We have not decided on some. Um, once we sign off with you guys, we will probably talk about yep. that. But um, for right now, it's a surprise for next that's week. That's right. That's right. You're going to have to tune in again and uh, figure out what we're going to yep, yep. talk about next week. So thank you for joining us. Uh, like Mr. K said in the beginning, if you got movie ideas or any thoughts for us, let us know. Uh, and then help us spread the word here, right? We, we want to get this out there a little bit. We don't think we're famous podcasters, but we'd love it if we had some people that 
that were, were constantly following us, giving us ideas, and that we could start getting feedback from you guys to build this episode the way you want to hear it. Um, Absolutely, because Coach Cron is always there with suggestions. Always. He's got the suggestions for us. <laughs> Hopefully those keep coming, you know. Yes, got to yes. have the suggestions. Yes, and we love that he's giving us feedback and input. For sure. So let us know what you think. Get the word out there for us. Otherwise, we will see you next Sunday. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Real Education. Have a great week.